Well, a warm welcome to you, uh, to uh, everybody who's gathered here in church, and of course those who are with us online. Uh, during uh, this COVID pandemic, we've been streaming our services online, so uh, there's noticeably fewer here in the building this evening, uh, but we may well be, uh, you know, I don't know whether that's because people aren't joining us for all sorts of reasons, but of course you're very welcome here, you're very welcome to, to watch and be with us online as well. Uh, my name is uh, Peter Hubbard, I'm the vicar here at Christchurch, and it's wonderful also to have uh, the Basin Hill Community Choir here behind me to lead us in song. Um, they are reduced in numbers, you can probably tell uh, again, uh, but they've been rehearsing hard these last few weeks, and they are very ably uh, conducted and led, of course, by John Farrow. Uh, the service will flow unannounced as normal. Uh, the words that you'll need for the carols will be displayed on the screen there behind me. Uh, please can you make sure your mobile is either on mute or switched off. That'd be wonderful. Thank you. Uh, uh, would you please also follow the, uh, the government guidelines on face masks, uh, if you could keep them on throughout. Um, I'm afraid, uh, including when you're singing, the choir exempt from that. Is that right? Yeah, you are exempt from that. That's good. Okay. Uh, if you need the toilet, they're just through there on my left. Uh, there, uh, if you need them, that's fine. Uh, there are people there to guide you. Uh, we're not anticipating a fire emergency at all, uh, but if you need to go out, there's a fire door there and the door you came in through. Uh, please note there will be short introductions to the Bible readings from myself and from Debbie as we go through the service. So we begin in prayer uh, with this opening prayer. And so let's say this prayer together. Holy Jesus, by being born one of us and lying humbly in a manger, you show us how much God loves the world. Let the light of your love always shine in our hearts until we reach our home in heaven and see you on your throne of glory. Amen. Amen. And so we stand as we sing our first
Do have a seat. I wonder if you're the sort of person who, when you read the daily newspaper, or if you're the sort of person who reads a daily newspaper and sometimes wonders where the stories of hope are. Where are all these, the stories of hope amongst uh, stories and reports of crime and rising costs of living and refugees uh, fleeing war-torn lands? Stories of hope uh, seem to be few and far between and of course we've got this COVID thing going on as well. But there is hope. And that news of wonderful and real hope was given to an unknown girl in a little known, little known land over 2,000 years ago. And so our first reading you'll be hearing is known as the Annunciation. And the Annunciation is basically a posh way of saying Mary receives some earth-shatteringly -shatter important news of awesome hope. She is visited by an angel, but not just any old angel. She is visited by the archangel Gabriel. In other words, he is like a field marshal in the army of God, in the heavenly host of angels. He is the top angel. Have you ever met an angel? I'm guessing probably not. But angels aren't just those cute beings we tend to see on our nativity cards or in nativity plays. Angels actually are holy and powerful and strong. The name Gabriel means God is great. And I think it's pretty safe to say that Mary, who was only a teenager at the time, must have been terrified. Not only is she face to face with a heavenly being, but she's now told that she, humble and gentle Mary, is to become pregnant with the Son of God. This is news of hope. He will be great and will be, and will be called the Son of the Most High. Listen and be in awe. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, 
The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And the angel left her.
In our second reading, which you are about to hear, we hear Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus. If you remember the first reading, you'll know that Jesus is to be born to a virgin. How will this be, since I am a virgin? Mary had asked the angel. Now, I'm sure you're all used to hearing that Mary was a virgin when she conceived Jesus. But that doesn't take away from just how astounding this is. This had never happened before in the whole of history, and it was never to be repeated. Imagine for a moment how you might feel if you were Mary or Joseph or perhaps one of their parents hearing that news for the very first time. Shocked, horrified, angry, disbelieving, perplexed. As you're here in the reading then, it's not at all surprising that Joseph, who, who is engaged to Mary, is not at all happy that his wife-to-be is pregnant, especially as he knows full well that he is not the father. The reading says that Joseph is a good, upstanding man, and he doesn't want any shame brought on Mary let alone himself. It goes without saying, perhaps, that Joseph heard this news in a culture that is very different to ours. You see, in Judea 2,000 years ago, you simply didn't sleep with your fiancé until you were married. End of. No one wanted to risk bringing such shame and disgrace on themselves and their family. So something pretty amazing needs to take place to convince Joseph that the seemingly impossible has happened and that Mary is telling him the truth. So Joseph also hears direct from God, this time in a dream, and the angel tells him that the baby has indeed been conceived by the Holy Spirit. Wow! And it must have been quite a dream because Joseph trusts what he has been told by the angel is true and the rest, as they say, is history. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. 
While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn.
be seated. The next two readings focus us in on the events immediately following the birth of the Christ child. And we are introduced to a group of shepherds who are minding their flock on the hillside just outside of Bethlehem. Now you'd think, wouldn't you, that the birth of the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God, would be first told to high-ranking officials in society. Who might that be in our society, I wonder? People like presidents, prime ministers, media moguls, all these celebrities we hear of all the time. But no. And this is another of those great surprises that offers us great and real hope in the Nativity story that it's humble and lowly shepherds who were told first. But again, we miss the full force of the story. You see, at the time, shepherds were officially labelled sinners, a technical term for a class of despised people. The greatest news of all time was told, in effect, to nobodies, those on the margins, the forgotten. In our day, it would be like the angels appearing to a group of homeless people, or destitute people, people who are shunned, people who are ignored by the majority. But God chooses these ordinary, humble shepherds to be front row seat holders at a rock concert of angels. So it's into this social context of religious snobbery and class prejudice that God's Son steps forth. How surprising and significant and hope-filled that God handpicked lowly, unpretentious shepherds to first hear the joyous news. It's a boy, and he's the Messiah. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests.
heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When, the, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart.
wonder if you've ever considered what would have happened if it had been three wise women instead of three wise men. The answer to that question, of course, goes something like this. They would have asked for directions. They would have arrived on time. They would have helped deliver the baby. They'd have cleaned the stable, made a casserole, brought practical gifts, and there would, of course, be peace on earth. Well, that may or may not be the case, but Matthew tells us that three magi, or wise men, travel a very long way to visit a baby. Again, it's remarkable if you think about it, isn't it? Why would they do that? It only makes sense if they knew this baby was, in fact, the long-promised Messiah. And again, it's a very familiar story, isn't it? In fact, it's one that is often pictured in nativity scenes and nativity plays the world over with three wise men arriving on camels and presenting the Christ child with their gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. Now the gifts in themselves are significant in terms of what they represent about Jesus' kingship, his divinity and his death. But don't miss the real significance of this reading. Its importance lies in the fact that these three magi are, again, much like the shepherds, outsiders. They are visitors from far-off lands. They know of the prophecy. They see the alignment of the stars. They recognise the colossal significance of this moment in history and they come with one purpose, to worship the newborn King, Jesus. Let's hear now how Matthew describes their visit. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time 
the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they'd heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country the route. Three kings from Persian lands afar to Jordan follow the and this the quest of the travelers three, where the newborn king of the Jews may be. Full royal gifts they bear for the king, gold, incense, myrrh, are their offering. The star shines out with a steadfast ray. The kings to Bethlehem make their way. And there in worship they bend the knee as Mary's child in her lap they see. Their royal gifts they show to the king, gold, incense, myrrh, are their Thou child of man, lo to Bethlehem, the kings are traveling, travel with them. The star of mercy, the star of grace, shall lead thy heart to its resting place, gold incense thou canst not bring offer thy heart to the infant king offer thy heart
you've heard a lot of words and sung a lot of words tonight, so I'm going to be very brief. But I just want to lay a challenge at the door of your hearts and your soul this evening. Amidst all these uh, wonderful carols we've been singing and the tinsel and the lights and the festivities, it's good to have a moment to think what or who this is all about. And I want to say tonight, this is all about Jesus. This is all for him. Yes, we're celebrating this evening that Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Christ, was born as a baby into our world. But Jesus didn't stay a baby. No. He grew into a man and taught amazing things and he did amazing miracles. But Jesus wasn't only a man, he was also God-made man. That is what Emmanuel means, God with us. Jesus, when he was on this earth, was God with flesh on. And when people addressed him as God, he didn't say, oh, don't say that. He accepted it. And he himself used God's name for himself. I am he, he said on a few occasions. But not only that, Jesus went to the cross for us and died for us, and yes, rose again for us, and is now at the right hand of the Father. There's a date I wonder if you have in your diary. It's the 17th of April, 2033. That's a long way ahead, isn't it? 17th of April, 2033. What's so important about that date? Well, it's Easter Day, 2033. And that day will mark 2,000 years since the resurrection of Christ. Wow. Imagine the party that's going to be around the world on that day. Two millennia since Jesus rose from the tomb, alive, and he's been meeting with people ever since. I first met Jesus for myself when I was 17. I'm 49 now, so you can work out how long that is. I was on a youth camp in a beautiful place called Lee Abbey in Devon. And I was in the prayer tent. I just heard J. John uh, speak on Jesus, speaking of Jesus. And so I went to the prayer tent straight after that talk to give Jesus my life and to ask him to come into my life. And he did. And ever since that moment, I have known his love and known his peace in my heart. In fact, uh, Debbie and I uh, went back to Liabi this summer and I saw the very spot where that happened. But how do you meet Jesus today? Well, you can meet him today by giving your life to him. But many people have found Jesus by doing something called the Alpha Course. And I want to invite uh, Marie up now to share with you a little bit about her experience of doing Alpha. So Marie, just tell us a little bit about uh, yeah, how 
For me, the Alpha course was a very helpful start on my journey with God. Course answered questions and provided very helpful manual, which I read weekly, which helped me to understand. The people running the course were lovely and friendly. I never once felt uncomfortable asking questions and always looked forward to the next meeting. It's a very good place to start if you've got questions you just want answering. It doesn't matter what the questions are, they're happy to answer. And also you get to <laughs> I've just got a couple more questions for you, if that's all right to, to ask. Do you, did you meet Jesus on that course? And how? I did how, the course just, twice because it's just what I needed. <laughs> I needed to do it twice. Um, yes, the final um, the final meeting, it's all started to make sense, and the passing of Helen Evans brought it, and I wanted that for myself, the, the absolute knew what was coming, I wanted that, <laughs> and it is there to understand, and, and the, the book is very, very helpful, and I'd recommend going along. There's no pressure, there's no pressure at the end. Thank you, Marie. It's rather really brave of you to stand up. It's a scary thing to do, so thank you, Marie. It's really good. Thank you. So we're starting the Alpha Course um, at Christchurch on the 25th of January. We're doing it online. Uh, there's a little uh, leaflet that looks like that that uh, you'll be given on, on your way out. And as I say, we're doing it online. We're doing it on, on the wonderful Zoom. And we'd love you to join us. It's open to anyone, uh, 18 and up upwards. Um, uh, we're uh, just an open invitation to, to do Alpha. Uh, but more than that, more than Alpha, my prayer for you tonight is that you meet Jesus. Jesus loves you. He loves me. He loves each of us. He loves us uh, unconditionally. He loves us so much he died on the cross for us. And he is alive forevermore. He longs to meet you, that you might know his love and his peace and his joy in your heart. So take the flyer, have a, have a look at it. It's, uh, there's more details on our website uh, if you want to know more. If you want to know more, just give me a ring or send me an email and I'm very, very happy to talk with you about it. But let's pray. And uh, let's pray now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending Jesus into our world. At just the right time, you sent Jesus for us. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you lived among us, you taught amazing things, you did amazing things, that you went to the cross for us, that you willingly laid down your life for us so that we might be friends with God. And thank you, Lord. We praise you that you beat death, that you rose from the dead, and that you are now at the right hand of the Father, reigning in might and glory and majesty. And so on this wonderful night, and yet also remembering all the difficult things we're going through, we ask you, Lord, 
to come into our hearts and to give us your peace. And in your name we pray. Amen. And so we're going to be led in prayer now. Let us continue our praying and let us pray for other people. I will say the first part that comes up on the screen and then if you would join in with the words in bold. And perhaps you can be praying in your heart at the same time for these people that are mentioned. So let us pray. Jesus Christ, born in a stable, be with the poor and homeless this Christmas time. As we pray, shine your everlasting light. Jesus Christ, born of Mary, be with young mothers and fathers across the world this Christmas time. As we pray, shine your everlasting light. Jesus Christ, visited by shepherds, be with all who have to work this Christmas and those who long to work. As we pray, shine your everlasting light. Jesus Christ, who became a refugee, be with those who fear for their lives and those who have left homes and families this Christmas. As we pray, Shine your everlasting light. Jesus Christ, who gave your very life for us, show us how to live a life of giving, of our time, our energies, our money, and our prayers so that we make a difference to those we have prayed for. As we pray, shine your everlasting light. Amen. And let us pray the Lord's Prayer together. <clears throat> Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
Just a few uh, closing things to say before we sing our final carol. Uh, firstly, huge thanks. Uh, a lot of people involved in uh, this service and putting this service on. And uh, so uh, let's um, particularly thanks uh, to John and the community choir, uh, who sung really well, and John as well for playing on the, on the piano there. Let's give them a really big round of applause. So thank you. A big thanks also to the team who set the church up this evening for the carol service, especially uh, the technical side, uh, which uh, is headed up by Aidan. Again, let's express our thanks to them, shall we? <laughs> and uh, thanks also to our Bible readers uh, and to Debbie for her introductions and also to Carolyn for the prayers. Uh, donation, or you can clap if you like, that's fine. Uh, donations tonight, if you'd like to, to give tonight, all donations will, be, uh, will go towards our Children's and Families Outreach uh, here that's uh, in the village. Uh, and there's a collection, a collection plate as you go. Uh, thank you in advance for anything that you give. Uh, as you go, you'll be given a little, a little goodie bag that looks like that. Uh, and also uh, uh, the Hope magazine, which looks like that. That's the latest Hope magazine. And, of course, the Alpha Flyer uh, as well. So please take those as gifts from us. Uh, we have our family nativity, family nativity service here on Christmas Eve at 4 p.m. Our midnight communion service here on Christmas Eve at 11.15 p.m. And our Christmas Day service is at 10 a.m. You are welcome at any or all of those services. But for now, our final carol.
And so may the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the perseverance of the wise men, the obedience of Joseph and Mary, and the peace of the Christ child be yours this Christmas. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon you and be with you this night and always. Amen.